Greetings and salutations to you one and all, and welcome back to the Broadway Bulletin. We continue our progression through the spring season on this episode, and what a season it continues to be. First off, we head to a new theater for us in the Lower East Side, Abron's Art Center Playhouse, to see the show, The Patsy. Okay, so this was an interesting one-man show. The play, The Patsy, is not a one-man show. It, it is actually a play written out for numerous characters, but this particular production was performed as a one-man show, one guy playing multiple characters. Okay. And it's, it's a show based in the 1920s. The set was basic. There were six chairs. There was like an arm worn in the back with lamps and a phone. Great. We have a basic room, and that's where everything took place. And there was a couple of sound cues, which I loved. I loved the 20s music as we walked in. Basic lighting to allow the set to shift with no like real lighting effects. It was a really simple show. The story was really slow to start. Um, as like plays in that from that period tend to be. So is this show actually from that time period? I'm pretty Patsy. sure. I, I've got it. I'll, I'll do more research, but it, it, the sense is yes. Okay. You know, so it takes some time to warm up. We got to lay all the groundwork, but then when it gets cooking, it gets cooking and it gets good. And then all the action rises and you're like, yay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, okay, so this is my thing. It was an interesting choice to turn this into a one-man show. And I don't want to take away from the actor who performed this. Because, I mean, to memorize an entire play and perform it, wow. But my issue with it was, I feel like it needed more concrete separation and clearer differences physically between the characters. There was a lot of, like... He'd be making movements, and there wouldn't... He'd be playing multiple characters, but the movements would carry through. So you were like, I'm sorry, who's... You know, mom and dad are talking, but we're still seeing... Apparently, dad was smoking, but now so is mom. But mom is upstairs. Like, I don't understand. And having just seen a little bit ago Queen's Girl in the World, Mm -hmm. um, and seeing those really specific characters be embodied and voice and all of that... I was just kind of like, I need, if you're going to do all this, I need to be able to see every character. And 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 that leads me to my second point. There were times when the voices were a little hard to distinguish. Okay. So the plot, the story could get a little muddy because we weren't sure. Who was talking and who was saying what? And you had to use context clues where the next character would be like, oh, mother or oh, sister or whatever and go, oh, okay, that's who it was. You know, so I felt like that could have been a little cleaned up, a little tightened up. But other than that, I mean, it was a decent show. Like I said, the story was good. And uh, kudos to the actor, like I said. To to do all that, one man. All right. Sadly, this show closed on April 30th, 2022. To conclude this episode, we head back to Broadway and to the Samuel J. Friedman Theater where we saw MTC's production of How I Learned to Drive. 
I'm so sad I didn't get to see this one with you because I've heard so many great things about it and the look on your face right now tells me that those things we're hearing are true. Okay, so I can't believe that this is the Broadway debut of this play. I thought this was a revival. I thought that, like, this is played on Broadway. No. So when we saw Indecent many moons ago, Mm -hmm. that was my introduction to Paula Vogel. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I want to read everything she wrote. The first thing after that I read was How I Learned to Drive, which is a very disturbing play, but a really good play. So I was like, I want to see the show one day. And to be able to see the show with the original lead actors from the first time it was performed, which is Mary Louise Parker and I, um, I can never remember the actor's name, but I was over the moon. And so um, I've been waiting so long to see the show and it did not disappoint. It was disturbing, but good. It's such a powerful story about sexual assault and pedophilia. And I've come to learn that it's a true story about the playwright from what I understand from some friends who saw opening night and heard Paula Vogel speak so um, have not confirmed that but that's what I have been told Um, the the beauty well let me start with this everything was simple the costumes were really simple the set really simple the lighting you guessed it simple it was just that that's that was what made it so effective was the simplicity. Okay. It didn't try to be more than it was. It was very small and intimate and it invited you in and it like lured you in. And it felt like, was the simplicity also helped add to you feeling like it was really happening in front of you? Exactly. Considering that this, these actions took place in a car, in a small space. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I loved was, um, the lack of physical touch. There wasn't physical touch until the end. Okay. Um, which was great because this is a show that you could have had, you could have shown those actions right off the bat, but instead, I mean, they were there was much distance. Okay. And there was more describing, and there was more looking at the audience, and it was more you having to imagine it, which made you really uncomfortable. A really good directorial choice. And so, yeah, it wasn't... And I just... Again, simplicity. You don't have to beat the audience over the head with a hammer. Right. Let you finish the sentence. Mm -hmm. Which was, yeah. Um... Also, the scene transitions were smart because they were basically, and it's in the script, um, it's like the headings of different chapters in Driver's Ed book. Oh, okay. But they were used to tell us which direction we were going in time. So like, changing gears, changing to the first, from first to second gear. When driving forward, and then the character of a little bit would be like, you know. Three, it would be three years later or something. Okay, or so... Or driving in reverse. Okay, so it kind of was like... A, like, like it... There were moments where it felt like it was a uh, driving instructor instruction manual. Well, that was what the Greek course provided to navigate us through the timeline. Oh, so there was That's why it's called course. how it's... So there's three actors that play the Greek course and as well as the other characters, which were the grandmother, the grandfather, and... Um, the mother, but they also double as like 
Okay, so there's like waiter. five total people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. For some but, reason, I was thinking it was just like the girl and the guy. Well, the, and they, they they remain the little bit and Uncle Peck. That that's the only role they play the entire show. Okay. The other three, they you know they'll come in through other roles. Like Grandma also doubles as young, little bit at the end. Okay. Um, but they'll introduce the scene change and they'll explain which way we're going in time. And they'll also say something about driving like a manual, hence why it's called How I Learned to Drive. Okay. And so it's really clever in that sense. Um, so it, it was really, I just can't get over just how well this, the, 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 the language and the material was mastered and presented. The accents as well were so good. This brilliant, it's, it's mid-Atlantic, but it's interior mid-Atlantic. It's right there. It's, it's Maryland near West Virginia, Virginia border. So it's way interior Maryland. Okay. If you can imagine that thin strip up top. Mm-hmm. And so that, that accent was brilliant. And then you had this Southern, South Carolina one for Uncle Peck. It was so good. Um, I I saw it in previews, and the difference between previews and after opening, phenomenal. The just the changes, and they weren't big changes, but the changes that were made. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was like watching someone, it seeing like a clean car and then seeing a polished car. Exactly. Okay. Minor tweaks to emphasis on words, or just a bit of a costume here and there. Drawing out of this and that, there wasn't change to the text if you if that makes sense, but it was a fabulous show and I, like I said, an important show because one of the lines that stick out to me is we didn't know what pedophilia was, it didn't have a name, da 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 da, especially in family. We just thought they were being friendly, and I was like, what a fantastic thing to say because uh, for the time period mm-hmm. because yeah, and the. Also, the audience response when the mother agrees to let little bit go with her Uncle Peck from South Carolina to Maryland alone in the car, and the mother knows better. She knows what's going to happen. And she says, if anything happens, I blame you. And you can hear the visceral reaction from the audience of, oh, you know, like never blame the child, never blame the victim. Mm-hmm. But you, you understand that she's, it's, yeah, it's, it's wrong, but it's also like she's at her wit's end. That's brilliant acting, because that writing... This play is like 20 years old. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, so... Sadly, the show closed on May 29th, 2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune in to our next edition, coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land. One sang the praises of If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by Kevin McLeod and Billy Murray. 
You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.